Welcome to the Cool Girls Only podcast, where we talk about the excitement and uncertainty of navigating our 20s. I'm Jordan. And I'm Maddie. A cool girl is on a journey to becoming her best self, and we're here to share our thoughts and learnings every Friday with you. Welcome to Cool Girls Only. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. Thank God. Like this week. <laughs> like I thought it was Thursday, like every day this week. I'm just glad the weekend is here. I've been looking forward to this episode for so long. Like I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. Uh, such a good one. I mean, Liz is so awesome. And like this book is so good. Like this book, yeah. I just remember like reading it. My mom got it for me. It's just about navigating your twenties, the rocket years by Elizabeth Segrin. And it's just very helpful. Like she goes into like a lot of different topics within your twenties and yeah, we had such a good combo with her. Yeah. She's an icon. I mean, we <laughs> essentially manifested this episode because we talk about her book so much, um, throughout the podcast. And now we finally get to have her on. I feel like she was such a good guest, such a good conversation. So natural. This is so random, but I feel like your mom is like the unsung hero of this <laughs> podcast. I know <laughs> she's getting me this she, book, the five minute yeah. journal. Like she really, really is mom. If you're listening, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> keeping us going, keeping us on the right track. So funny. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously our rec this week is the rocket years, read the yes. book, check it out. It's, it's a good read. It's a quick read too. It, it's broken mm-hmm. up very well, like into different, like <laughs> pretty much sections of your twenties. I mean, specifically she goes into like career, finding a partner relationships, um, having kids, like just different things that you think about hobbies. Also, we kind of talked about in the episode, just different things to think about in your twenties. And I, yeah, can't say enough good things. She's the best. Let's get into it. much for responding to our email and joining this call. We're so excited to chat with you because the book, your book, like has inspired a lot of our episodes and just conversations we've been having. Basically our podcast is, yeah, our podcast is really about like navigating your twenties and everything that kind of goes into it. So we cover so many different topics Um, but I guess just to kind of kick this off, we would love if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your book, the rocket years and like what inspired it. Of course. Yeah. So it's really nice to meet both of you. And I love, I love, obviously I love the theme of your podcast. Um, so yes, I am the author of a book called the rocket years, how your twenties launched the rest of your life. And I basically came up with the idea when I had, um, entered my mid thirties and my husband and I were actually, you know, uh, on a date, uh, having ramen. Uh, and we were just talking about how, um, so many of the choices that we made in our twenties choices that we made while we weren't really even paying attention, um, 
have totally shaped the lives that we now have. Um, and, and we were thinking about ourselves and like classmates. We met in college. My husband and I met our freshman year of college. Um, and, you know, we just, we were looking at all of the trajectories that we had taken, um, you know, all, all the, the, the different friends of ours, like who, who ended up getting married, who didn't, the kinds of careers that we ended up pursuing, whether or not we had children, all of these decisions were really the product of little decisions that we had made in our 20s while we weren't even really thinking about them at all. Um, and so I, you know, that got me started thinking about, about what those decisions are um, and, um, and kind of the, the long-term impact that they have on our lives. Because I think that that was never really presented to me in that way when I was in my 20s. Um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I, I got the message from culture and society that our 20s are this kind of, um, you know, th this kind of time to like go out there and make all your mistakes and date all the wrong people and like, you know, quit jobs and, and all of that. And, and, and I definitely think that, you know, that, that our 20s are this amazing time to go out and and have fun and enjoy our freedom. And that's certainly part of it. But what I, I didn't hear in addition to that was that, that, the, that there are these critical turning points in your 20s when you know, the decisions that you make in the midst of all of that chaos and all of those crazy decisions, that there are moments when you will be making decisions that will have an impact not only on your life in your 30s, which is where I am now, but for the next, for the decades to come, there, there are decisions that you make in your 20s that will have an impact on you, you know, for the rest of your life, you know. Um, and so, yes, I, I decided to embark on this journey to try and explore what some of these big decisions are and, and the kind of impact that they have um, on our lives. And it's been, this, it was a really fun process writing the book. So I'm, uh, I'm a journalist. Um, and so I like to do a lot of research and I like to, um, to think about things um, kind of philosophically, but my husband is um, is a political. He's a professor. Um, he's he's a professor at Harvard, actually, who teaches. Um, you know, he, he he's very data driven, and so we thought that we would combine our superpowers. And so I spent a lot of time talking to people and and thinking through these ideas from kind of a philosophical kind of like life journey standpoint, but he, um, he helped me sort of think about some of these things from a, a, a data and, and sort of, um, kind of, um, factual perspective. And, and so together we sort of looked at these problems and thought about how all of the data that we have now can really help us better understand some of these big decisions. And so in the book, we look at a, I look at a couple of big things that we, that, that, big sort of areas of decision-making. One has to do with family, things like, um, you know, like dating and who you marry and, and whether you wanna have kids and when you should have those kids if you wanna have them, depending on, on the kind of life that you want. Um, but then there are lots of other things too that impact our lives, right? Like our friendships. I didn't, I think in, in many ways, I think everybody's already thinking about family and dating. Like these are just big topics in our twenties, right? But people aren't really thinking that much about what you need to do um, in terms of your friendships to ensure that you have a good network of friends when you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s, right? Um, or hobbies. That was another amazing one, which is, you know, I, I wasn't ever really thinking about like my pastimes or my hobbies in my 20s because, you know, I was so busy, you know, like hustling <laughs> with my job or, um, you know, or like, you know, trying to figure out my love life. 
but actually, you know, the, the things that we do in our spare time, the things that we occupy ourselves with actually have a huge impact on our happiness and our health for years to come. And, um, and so like, you know, developing and sort of cultivating your hobbies in your twenties, uh, can actually have like a huge payback for years to come because it's very, very hard to pick up new hobbies and, and pastimes later in your life. Um, so I, I just, it was just, just been this like a fascinating journey to try and understand, you know, what our twenties really are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so much to cover. Like in the book, I just love how you broke it up. And like, like you said in my early twenties, there was really nothing telling me, like, I should start thinking about these things. Like you said, it just kind of seemed like a free for all make all your mistakes. Um, so in my mid twenties, that's kind of when I discovered your book. And I kind of started thinking about, you know, what my future is going to look like. Um, so yeah, just so many, so many, different areas of life to think about. And I think that the conclusion that I came to is that those, I I really do believe that our twenties are this really special time for, uh, making mistakes and for feeling free. Right. Because, you know, now that I, you know, I'm in my thirties, um, you know, I have, uh, uh, two children. I just had another baby. (laughs) I, um, thank you. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just celebrating my 10 year wedding anniversary, which seems crazy. Um, and there are things that I can't do now in my, in my thirties, right. I, I used to love to travel and I used to, you know, and I, and I just had so many ideas about various like career things that I wanted to do. And when you're, you know, when you're tired and you've just, you know, you've just had an, another baby and your, your life is just, you know, full of responsibilities, it becomes really, really hard to, 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 to just kind of, uh, be as free and, and enjoy the freedom that you had when you were in your twenties. And so I really do believe that our twenties are an important time for, um, for going out there and, and doing things that seem a bit crazy then that might even be mistakes because I think it, those are really, really valuable experiences. But I, I think that actually it's really important as you're doing all of that. And as you're going out there and ex- experiencing all of that, to, to just take a little bit of time to sort of process everything that you're going through, because all of that information that you're getting from like, you know, breaking up with a really nice guy so that you can, you can date the, like, you know, the bad boy, which I definitely, everybody's done that or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, or quitting a job because you, you just, you found that your manager was just really toxic and you, you know, you, you, you decided like in a, in a whim, like, I'm just going to leave now. Like when, when you do that, you know, that's, that's fine. If if that's what you feel like you need to do, then do it. But, but spend a little bit of time thinking about what you've learned from that experience, because all of that can, can be really important information for you when the time comes where you actually need to make a critical life decision, right? Like when, you know, years from, from that moment, when, when there is somebody in front of you who has proposed to you or that you want to propose to, um, you want to use all of the knowledge that you've acquired to help make really smart decisions at that point. So, so, so feel free to go out there and make all those mistakes, but also think about what you learn from those mistakes. Yeah. One of our favorite things to say on this podcast is be intentional. So just be in, yeah, being intentional with those mistakes, like taking what you learn and moving forward. Totally. Absolutely. I, I, I support that 100%. I wish I had been smart enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> when we met to talk about what we wanted to ask you for this conversation, we're like, what do we really always come back to on this podcast? And we have a lot of like listener 
questions come in. So we'll ask people like, what are the topics you guys want to talk about? And career development is a huge one. So a lot of people are always asking like, how do you find your dream job? How do you know what career you want? Like, how do you discover, or even how do you apply to your first job? Like, those are all questions and topics we've been given. Um, and in your book, you have a quote and you say, our generation cares more about finding a career than finding love. Um, what advice do you have for women trying to find their dream job? Yeah, I, I loved um, thinking through this because I think that there's just so much about careers that gets fed to us and that we hear about, um, but but that that's actually a lot more complicated than it seems, right? So I just remember growing up and hearing um, this con- about this concept of the dream job. Um, and I think that there's there are really interesting reasons why our generation, so Gen Z and, and the millennials were fed this idea of the dream job. And I think it's because our parents' generation um, didn't really have the opportunity to, to really find work that gave them meaning. They, you know, it was beginning to be a concept at the time, but like, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and even, even the 80s, right? Um, most people, you know, found jobs primarily so that they could make a living, right? And through most of human history, there wasn't this idea of finding meaningful work. Um, and so we we had this amazing privilege of being told by our parents and our counselors that we should go out there and find a job that we really loved. And that's a really wonderful thing that we have been given. But I think that nobody followed up and explained <laughs> exactly how you find your dream job, right? And I think that the main thing that I've learned is that, you know, I think it's, we're really lucky to be able to go out there and like think about what, what, um, what kind of work really aligns with our passions and our values and, you know, and the things that, that, that really make us happy, right? It's, it's, it's you know, we, we've had the privilege to do that. But it actually takes quite a long time, based on the data that I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, for, for people to actually get to their dream job. And I think that the, the first couple of years of your career, you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to, uh, to figure out what this dream job really means in practice, right? Because you've spent years thinking about, like, theoretically what, what would I really want to do? Like, do I want to be a lawyer? Do I want to go into PR? Like, do I want to be a writer? Like all of that stuff sounds really great in theory, but the first couple of years in the workplace, you're going to discover, um, whether or not, you know, your, your fantasy of what that job is like is aligned with your, you know, the reality on the ground. And actually what I've seen is that for the vast majority of people, the first couple of jobs that they take are really disappointing, maybe even more disappointing than they were, than, than these first jobs were to our parents' generation, right? Because our mm-hmm. parents' generation didn't have these expectations. But um, for our generation, um, it's really disappointing and even heartbreaking when the thing that you think is going to be a dream job turns out not to be. Um, And that happened to me, you know, like I, uh, you know, I wanted to be a professor actually. And I got a PhD in Indian literature and because I was really passionate about literature. Um, And then, you know, I tried to get a job and it turned out that there were really very, very few jobs in my field. Like most people who got the degree that I got um, never ended up getting an academic 
job were not able to pursue an academic career. And that's not something that I had counted on. And so I was like really heartbroken when that happened. And I had to sort of start from scratch to figure out what I was going to do with my life. But that story is actually very common. There are so many people out there who start off with this idea of what they want to do with their life. And then either, you know, the job market doesn't work in their favor and then they're stuck or they start doing the job. And it turns out to be a huge disappointment. I have I have friends who really thought that they they wanted to be lawyers, right? And even in, in law school, they really enjoyed thinking about the law and, and, and all of that. And then they got a job at a firm and they just hated it. It was just like horrible. I had another friend who thought that she wanted to be a dentist. And, um, you know, when she started practicing like year after year, she discovered that she really hated that work, right? I have another friend who, who became a doctor and um, really, you know, thought that he was going to be doing something amazing and noble with his life. And, turned, and it turned out that when you're a doctor, you don't actually get to spend a lot of time with each patient, right? And he, he felt like he was becoming very disconnected from his patients and he hated that feeling. And so it can be soul crushing when you've spent years working towards a career and it turns out that it's not what you had in mind. And so here's the big thing that I discovered. The thing that I discovered is that when that moment comes, when that moment of disappointment comes, you have two options. A lot of people just kind of give up and they think, okay, you know, um, plan A hasn't worked out. I'm just going to forget about the dream job. Like that was just a lie. And I'm just going to find something else that, that, you know, pays the bills and just kind of get over it. Right. That's one way to go. But I think that the people who continue believing that, that there is a dream job for them out there and work through those challenges and, and think, okay, you know, um, this, this isn't working out the way I want, but I still believe that I should be doing something that is meaningful to me. People who kind of work through that, um, end up finding work that gives them a lot of meaning. And so by the time you're in your mid to late thirties, um, there are two types of people out there, you know, like who, you know, and you see this in surveys, there are people who are just kind of, um, kind of satisfied with their jobs, but not particularly happy. These are people who will, who will tell you that like they find joy from their family and from, you know, th their weekends, right. They're just doing their job, you know, to pay the bills basically. And then there are other people who find really, really deep, like satis satisfaction from their work. And when you hear their stories, many of them actually talk about like going through this period where, you know, plan A didn't work out. And so they, they went back to the drawing board and thought, okay, what do I really want to do? And those people, you know, find, find happiness along the way. So my recommendation to you and to all of your listeners is, you know, don't be surprised that the first couple of years of your career are a little bit turbulent. Um, and, and if you continue believing that it's important to find meaning in work and you continue working towards that goal, you know, by the, by the time you're in your mid and late career, you know, there's a really good chance that you're going to find what you're looking for. That resonates so much with me. I know it does with Maddie because we really struggled in our first jobs. Like we just went in so hot and heavy. We were ready to go. Like, let's take on the world. I'm going to have like this amazing experience. You know, both of us lived in New York city too. So we had that like idea in our head as well of what work would be like in New York city. And so it was soul crushing. I really think it was soul crushing. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it makes sense that it's, it is soul crushing because I mean, 
come on, like, you know, like we've been told since like age six, right. That, you know, that you need to go out there and like figure out what, what is really important to you and what you want to do with your, your life. I mean, I'm seeing it now. I have a six-year-old daughter and, you know, she's constantly being asked in school, like, what do you want to do with your career? You know, what do you want to do with your life? And she's only six years old. Right. And so if you start like cultivating this fantasy about what it is you want to do with your life from that age, and then, you know, you go out there and, you know, in her mind, she wants to be um, a veterinarian, farmer, uh, and fashion designer, <laughs> like all in one, right? She's like, Love right. it. <laughs> I think it sounds like a great career, but like, you know, if she turns out that she actually, you know, is scared of blood and doesn't want to actually <laughs> operate on little dogs, that's going to be really disappointing to her. So, you know, <laughs> we need to prepare her now that, you know, she might have to reconfigure along the way. Right. And I mean, I even have a sister right now who she's going into her freshman year of college this year and just feels so much like I can tell she just feels so much pressured, like to pick her major and determine like what she wants to do with her life. But I just try and tell her, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, like explore while you're in college. I feel like I didn't do that as much as I should have. And know that your major doesn't mean that is where you are for the rest of your life. Like truly. (laughs) Totally. And, and actually there's a lot of data about this as well, that, that, you know, we hear this thing about job hopping and actually job hopping is a, is kind of a great thing, right? In our generation, um, it's pretty common to change jobs every one to two years for the first couple of years of your career. And this was actually like, not okay. You know, maybe 10, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, right? It it seemed like you were fickle and unfocused if you were doing that. But um, in in our time, it's actually a good thing to be moving jobs early in your career. And that's because, um, you know, employers actually really value diversity of experiences. And so when you're starting in your career and you're, you're, you're moving around, you're picking up skills along the way that give you this like kind of unique set of skills that somebody else who hasn't had the same path that you have um, doesn't have, right? So you have this like unique skill set. And also early in your career, each of those jobs uh, it usually results in a slight increase in, in salary. And so mm-hmm. by the time you're in your like late twenties, hopefully all of that job hopping has paid off in terms of like a significant increase in salary. But by the time you get into your thirties, um, things begin to shift a little bit. And, you know, early in your career, like the breadth of experiences is quite valuable. Um, But then once you get into your thirties, the depth of experience becomes more valuable. Right. And so, so at at that point, once you've figured out what it is you want to do, you know, and you, and you stick at it for a while, suddenly you start benefiting from that because suddenly you're like a very experienced person at your company. You can leverage that, you know, to, to get a, a, a job at a different firm perhaps, you know, or, or to have salary increases that are far greater, right? Because you've been, you know, once, once, once you're in your, your thirties, um, you know, being at a job for longer results in higher, uh, pay increases. So, so what I would say is that, you know, that process in your twenties is really valuable, this job hopping, like, you know, and probably your sister is going to be trying a lot of different things before she lands on something. But the, the key, I think, is not to be a perpetual job hopper. And it's kind of going back to what I was saying at the beginning, which is that, you know, feel free to make all those crazy decisions about your career in your 20s, but think a little bit along the way about 
what you're learning and, and what you might want to do eventually, because ultimately that's what you're headed towards. You want to head towards a, a place where you're focused. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, speaking of trying new things, we kind of wanted to chat about one of the topics you mentioned earlier, which is hobbies. Um, something you said you didn't really think about, um, when you were in your twenties, which I feel like, I don't know with COVID, I feel like we've had more time on our hands. And one thing that our listeners have kind of been asking us about, and we actually recently just had an episode about this is hobbies and like how to fill your time outside of, you know, your nine to five or whatever job you might have. Um, so I guess what one question we did have for you is like, what hobbies did you start in your twenties? Okay. I was actually terrible, uh, about hobbies in my twenties. I like did not think about it at all. And I really regret that. Um, I ended up, you know, so in my, in my twenties, I was very focused on, you know, my, my, uh, my romantic relationships. I actually did invest quite a bit of time in my friendships. And so I'm glad about that. Um, and I, and I was also focused on my, on my PhD. And so what I ended up doing actually was that I often like borrowed quote unquote, like borrowed my friends' hobbies. Right. So like, instead of sort of really being intentional about, what it is I wanted to do, what it is I might enjoy doing. You know, it's like when I was dating someone new. Um, oh yeah. So, 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 so to back up there, I, I started dating my, um, my, my current husband when we were freshmen in college, but then in my twenties, we took like after dating for like seven years or whatever, we, we took a break and, and I dated other people, which was really, really valuable for me. And then we eventually discovered that we were the right match. <laughs> we got married <laughs> later, but in those years, you know, when I was dating other people, there was one guy who really liked, um, you know, like sports. And so like, I like, like explored some sports for a while, like, like, you know, like team sports. And I I was really terrible at that. So that didn't work out. Um, but you know, like, and then I would have a a friend who was really into a type of music and I would go to concerts with him and I really got into, you know, particular bands in the Bay area, um, for a while and so on. Right. So that's kind of what I did in my twenties. I'm really, and so I'm really a little sad that I didn't sort of focus on what it is that I wanted to do, because what I've learned in the, in the book is that our twenties are actually this magical time for picking up hobbies. And that's because it actually takes skill, time, and like mental energy to like invest in a hobby because hobbies are actually like, you know, things that we do for fun, but that actually requires some like work or some skill, right? So like, think about whatever it is, it's like knitting or, um, you know, or like being really into cars or like interior design or whatever it is, right? You know, for some people that's actually a career, right? It's actually a job. It requires that much, you know, intellectual capacity. Um, And so in our twenties, first of all, our brains are like like a lot um, better at picking things up. And, And then we also have the time to invest in them. And so a lot of people's hobbies in their twenties end up being the hobbies that they carry through with them for the rest of their life. And the thing is that, um, that, that hobbies actually, there's a lot of data that shows that hobbies actually have a huge impact on our like mental well-being and our emotional health and even our friendships, because by being part of um, one of these activities, um, you know, it, it, it gives you relief and relaxation from the other work that you're doing, your real job, right? And, and it often, you know, a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, hobbies are things that you do with other people. And so that gives you a community. So hobbies actually are really important 
for your lifelong happiness. So I, I was really terrible and never picked anything up in my twenties. And so that was like, I wish I had, I wish I had read my book. I wish my book existed. <laughs> but what I will say is that, that even if you, you miss the boat, um, in your twenties, when it comes to hobbies, it, you can always pick them up later. And during COVID, uh, I actually, you know, was thinking a lot about this and I decided to be really intentional about hobbies. And so I've just, I've become a plant mom. And so I really love gardening and planting uh, and plants and planting things in my garden and, and, and having like indoor plants. I find it very relaxing. I love learning about like different plant varieties and like what I need to do to take care of them. Um, I also took up knitting and, um, I always thought that knitting was like, kind of like not really my jam. Um, but, but I started doing it during the pandemic and I found it incredibly relaxing and it takes a lot of skill actually. Like I really uh, give it, I'd like hand it to all the, you know, the grandmas out there who are knitting because those, those, it's a lot of work and it like requires a lot of skill to do that. And I find it very relaxing to knit. Um, and so the point that I'm trying to make is that it's never too late to like develop these habits. And actually that applies not just to hobbies, that applies to everything. Um, I have a whole chapter on physical fitness in the book. And again, you know, in your twenties, um, that is a great time to be picking up these, um, these health habits, uh, because it's harder to pick up these habits later on like in working out and all of these different things. But I started doing it um, like in my thirties because that's, you know, that's when I had my first daughter and um, I really needed to get back in shape after I, I gave birth to her. And it was the first time like pretty much ever in my life that I'd been to a gym and it was really embarrassing the first couple of times. Um, but, but I eventually got the hang of it and became kind of like a workout kind of person, like, you know, a, a gym rat. Um, the point is that for all of these things, like there, you, there's no such thing as missing the boat, right? Like there, there are a lot of things that you can do in your twenties that, um, that are easier in your twenties, right? Picking up, um, you know, exercise habits, like picking up hobbies, you know, building relationships, all of this stuff is like easier in your twenties. Your twenties is a great time to do that. But if you feel like you've missed, missed any of these things, there's time, there's always time to like write the ship and, and, and try and create the life that you really, really want. I remember I was on the subway and Maddie is actually the person who recommended your book to me. And I was on the subway reading it. And I read about the study of like how after you're 25 or 26, whatever the age, it's much harder to kind of like cement these habits into your mind. Yeah. And I was reading it. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm 25. I'm at the bridge. <laughs> like I, need to, I like opened my notes app on my phone. I'm like writing all these habits I need to like figure out so that I have them in my mind forever. But I'm glad you just reassured everyone, including myself. It's that never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> no. I think that the, I think the real lesson is that if you're, that, that your twenties are a gift, right? Because you have this, like your brain is just so capable of doing these things in your twenties. Like you have this amazing opportunity and you don't have the responsibilities that you have later on. And so you should really be embracing that in your twenties and like having the opportunity to embrace this time to like pick up the habits that you wish you had. But, it, but it's by no means like a rule that you need to be doing that in your twenties. And there are lots of people who pick up these habits later. And, and I will say it is harder, right? Like uh, trying to like work out for the very first time when you're in your thirties is not fun at all. It's, like, it's really painful. Um, and I wish that I had done it when I was actually fitter and healthier in my twenties, but I got there, right? Like I, it was something that I committed myself to doing and I, and I got there and like, 
the same is true for anything, you know? Um, so, so I, it, the, the world is your oyster and like time, you know, you have, you do have plenty of time to do all of this stuff. It's just that if you happen to be 22 right now, like you have this amazing, like the next seven years of your life are going to be so full of opportunities that you should just grasp. Totally. And I think another question people kind of had too when we had the hobbies episode was like, but like, how do I find a hobby? And I think you kind of answered it. Like you can obviously seek things out on your own and just sign up for things you've always wanted to do. But I think it's also a good idea to just, if your friends are into things, like Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to just try new things with them and like, see if you like it. If not, you don't have to do it again, but like it's, it's trial and error. (laughs) I I totally agree. And I, I actually think that that's also part of the magic of being in your twenties is that just kind of that openness to like, you're, you're full of like, your life is just full of all these opportunities, right? You're like meeting so many new people and you're, um, you know, you're, you're trying, you're, you know, you're in different workplaces. So you're like interacting with new colleagues and there's just like, your world is like a lot more fluid and, and you have this opportunity to come, you know, come into contact with different people and, and different things that you may not have come into contact with before. And, and I think that once you get into your thirties and you're, you know, you're sort of settling into a particular career, you might end up in a long-term relationship, your world sort of gets a little smaller. And so some, and I sometimes don't like that, right? Like, I mean, in some ways I think it's nice that, that you can settle down and like kind of, you know, you've picked the person that you want to be with, right? You've picked the life that you want. And so you can sort of relax into it. So sometimes I, I really like that, but sometimes part of me wishes that I had a little bit of the kind of the excitement and the newness that came from being in my twenties and you don't have to give that up, right? Like later in life, once you're, you know, once you're past your twenties, you can always go back to that mindset. Right. And so like now, like when I'm feeling like a little bit constrained by my life, like I think, okay, you know what, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to reconnect with people. Right. I'm going to like, I'm going to try out new hobbies. Like I'm going to see if I really like, you know, modern art. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to this museum exhibit and see if I'm into this. I'm going to go to this like classical music concert. You know, I'm going to like I don't know, try like, you know, like, you know, like ultimate Frisbee, you know, like you can get back into that mindset just by like trying things out again, you know, later, you know, later in life. Totally. I just signed up for a pottery class this weekend. I'm just going by myself and I'm so lovely. I'm so excited. Like the whole wheel, like I'm just going to learn how to do it. I've never done it. And I'm like so excited. And it's probably going to be so satisfying to like have something in your house that you made yourself. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You barely produce things anymore. Right. So that's really so true. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. So that'll be maybe my new hobby. We'll see. Oh my God. I (laughs) love, I could totally see you with like a workshop in your apartment. You have a a wheel. All my bases. Oh my gosh. Well, Jordan's inspired me because she paints. So like artiste. You could could, like open a joint studio. Oh my my God. God. This is a a great idea. idea. Joint business venture. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. So let's, do you want me to go next? Yes. Shifting gears. Okay. We want to talk to you about marriage and relationships. Okay. So Maddie actually just got engaged this year. Yes. This year. Yes. It feels like forever ago. Um, and we're kind of in this zone right now in both of our lives where our friends are getting engaged. They're starting to get married. Um, what would you say to other women who are feeling like 
pressure to move on to that next stage? Maybe they're not in a long-term relationship and they're feeling behind. Like what advice would you give them? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's so interesting with, with this whole dating thing, because it's just so unfair kind of how it plays out. Like for so long, women are given all of this, like, um, are told that they should just go and focus on their career. Right. Like, you know, like just don't, don't like tie yourself to a man. Like women have done that for so long. Like we don't need to do that anymore. And then you're like, you know, you're like happily, you know, like living your life, like doing your job, like dating different people, like doing all that good stuff. And then suddenly like something happens in your like late twenties and suddenly everybody starts getting married and like, you don't know where that came from. And then, um, <laughs> And then, then there's like the whole, like, oh, like if you don't have kids by the time you're 35, like it's all over, right? Like game of, like, and then, so it's just like kind of weird how we're not talking about this in like a very like rational and reasonable way. Um, okay. So, so the date the, the my book actually did surface some interesting things, which is that, um, first of all, there actually is a lot of um, science now about like what kinds of relationships tend to last the longest. And it turns out that actually having a lot of similarities with your partner is really, um, is, is really sort of the key to, um, to, to sort of long-term happiness, right? There, there's this notion that like opposites attract, um, but actually in a lot of ways, it's like, it's like birds of a feather really do flock together. Um, and actually, but you know, I think about this with my partner and like, I think the, the way to think about this is that there are actually lots of different ways to think about similarities and differences. And, and actually what this data is showing is that it's not really the superficial things that matter. It's like kind of the more, the deeper value systems that you have uh, that, that really matter, that they're compatible. Um, so like, for instance, my partner and I, like, you know, my husband and I, like when we, when we think about each other, we think that we're actually very, very different from one another, right? We, we've never, ever agreed on the same movie, not even one time. Like I'm an early bird, right? Like I'm, I'm up at like five in the morning and like doing all this stuff. And like, he needs, he'll, he'll sleep till like 11 if he could, like our, our, our lifestyles are very, very different. And like our, you know, and that actually has an impact because like there are days when like we don't see each other because like I'm up at like five and I'm like asleep at like nine and you know, and all that kind of thing. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like, there's all this kind of thing that actually isn't really what this data is, is about. Right. It's like, it's really has to do with like, what, like, how do you guys feel about money? You know, how do you mm -hmm. feel about family? Like, like, like an issue, like, like, do you want to have children? Like how many kids do you want to have? And at what point in your life are you going to have them? Um, how do you feel about faith and religion? Like, you know, it's, it's these kinds of issues that, you know, couples that, that share values on all of these kind of deeper uh, levels, you know, those marriages tend to last a long time. Um, and so I think that, that, that that's the first thing that, that you should think about that, you know, when you're on a date with somebody and you're, and you're trying to think about like whether or not this is somebody who could, who could be like a long-term prospect for you. Um, you, you really want to be thinking about like, how much do you have in common with this person when it comes to like what you care about in life and, and your and your values on some level, that's not, like that, that seems like a very obvious thing. Like, you know, like, are you compatible on those levels? But I think it's really easy to get distracted with the superficial things when you're on a date, right? Like when you're on a date, you're thinking like, do we like doing the same things together? Do we like, you know, like, are we going to like work out together? Or, you know, are we going to cook together? Like, what's our lifestyle going to be like? And actually those things are easier to sort of 
figure out, right? It's like, it's the, it's the deeper issues that are harder to, to get around. Like I know so many couples who never had the conversation about whether they wanted kids or not. And that can be a huge like breaking point in a relationship when you hit your thirties and one person really, really is like passionate about wanting to have kids and the other person doesn't. Like that is a huge issue, right? And so that's something that you should probably be talking about really early on. Um, and things like just like money, right? Like if, if early on you can sort of figure out like, you know, are you, um, are you comfortable with like, um, you know, like, like saving a particular amount of money or, or do you want to be like living a very lavish lifestyle or like what kind of cars do you want to buy? Right. Like, like, where do you want to put your money? Um, you know, those are the issues that end up kind of like wearing on you once you're in a marriage, like day after day after day. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that you should really be thinking about. And, and often you just like, don't really, you're not really thinking in that way when you're going on the first couple of dates. Um, and so, so sometimes it's easy to kind of get swept away and, and for that stuff to sort of like, not really, um, get discussed. Right. Um, and, and instead you're figuring out like, Oh, like, do you like, um, yeah. Do you like the, do you like the same, like, I don't know, music, right. Or whatever. Yeah. Do you um, knit? Yeah. Do you knit? Like, are you going to be okay with my knitting? Right. That kind of thing. Like that stuff doesn't really matter long-term. Um, and the other thing that, um, that, that was kind of like a little bit like disappointing. I wish that I hadn't come up with, I, I wish that I hadn't read this, this data point because it's actually a little bit frustrating is that actually there is a moment where um, if you sort of like wait too long, it becomes harder to, um, to have a happy marriage. Right. And so like, I, so the data shows that like getting married between like basically in your late twenties and early thirties is a really good time to be getting married. Right. Because, um, you have, you know, like there, there are a lot of, you know, sort of people out there to like meet and connect with. And, and also you as a person still have it in you to adapt to somebody else. But, but if you wait a little too long, like if you wait until your late thirties and beyond to get married, it can be quite hard at that point mm -hmm. for your lives to mesh. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. There are lots of happy, happy people who have gotten married in their late thirties, but just the, the, the general trends are that for, for some people, it just becomes a lot harder to really mesh with another person. Cause you're going to be making all these compromises when you get married. And it's easier to do that when your habits are not so set in stone. Um, and so, so really, I think that the way to think about it is, you know, in your twenties, certainly go out there and like do all that, um, you know, like all, all the career stuff that you're passionate about. And like, you know, when it comes to dating, you know, feel free if you, if you're in, if you're in the zone of like, I don't want to commit right now. I just want to like have fun, like do that for sure. Right. Like go out there and like have those fun experiences, but really be thinking about, you know, about what it is that you want. Like, maybe you don't want to get married, right? Like maybe that's not a huge priority for you. In which case, like then, then none of this really applies. But if you happen mm -hmm. to be somebody who's really like interested in getting married and having children, then maybe like, you know, start setting like a time for yourself, right? Like maybe in your like mid to, to like early, late 20s, when you're, you're, you sort of like sit down and think, okay, I need to get serious about this, right? I need to find somebody who I'm really compatible with on a deeper level. 
And I, I need to be working towards this marriage thing because I don't want to sort of get to the point where, uh, you know, it's harder to find someone because the market, the marriage market is, is smaller. A lot of the, the good guys are like, or the good girls are like gone. Um, and, um, you know, you don't want to be so set in your ways that it just becomes really hard for you to like build a life with someone else. Yeah, I think it's so confusing. I recently was on this work trip and I had a coworker a female coworker come up to me and she had a few to drink and she kept, (laughs) she kept saying, (laughs) (laughs) she kept saying to me, don't have kids early. Like, wait, she kept saying, wait, 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 don't have kids too early. Just focus on your career. And then the same time I was meeting an old coworker for drinks like a few weeks ago and she's having trouble getting pregnant. And it's been like a long, really like difficult journey for her and her partner. And she kept saying to me, don't wait to have kids, like have them young. It's going to get, you know, difficult the older you get. So I do think like there's this really confusing message for younger women because we are so focused on our careers because we've grown up in this society and like in these structures that have told us like, what's your dream job? You can do anything like go after it, go get it. But then at the same time, we're also seeing relatives, friends, people in our life who we look up to, who are like struggling to find a partner or struggling to like conceive a child, things like that. So it's, it can be like, so frustrating sometimes, I think. That's why I think that like seeing the data really, really helps. Right. Because there's so many outliers. There's so many people who, you know, they try to have kids, you know, in their late, um, in their late thirties and like, it's boom, it's like no problem. Right. And like everything mm-hmm. works out for them. And so then you, you know, you're left with this sense that like, Oh, I can wait forever. Right. And then there are other people who don't have that experience. I think it's really valuable to be looking at the data as a whole to see what the general trends are because there are tons of outliers. But then the other thing is that I think that people just love giving advice. Um, yes. <laughs> like really knows what they're talking about. Right. Because all they have is like their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and their experience isn't like your, your experience at all. And I think that really what it comes down to, like, it's really valuable, you know, doing, you know, what you guys said at the beginning, be really intentional about what it is that you want and like what it is that matters to you, because, you know, it's really like hard to, um, to, to be making these decisions if you're not really clear with yourself, like what your own values are, right? And, you know, maybe in your life, um, having a family really is important. Like maybe you you grew up in a in a family um, and we're really, really happy with like siblings and 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 that's something that you want to to create for yourself um, and your children. You want to have several children. You're gonna be making totally different decisions from somebody who was like never really sure that they wanted to have kids in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. that's gonna be a very and, and, and it's like, okay, well, if I have kids you know, and it works out, then that's great. And if not, like, you know, that's fine with me too. Like you're, you're going to be in totally different places, right. From that other person. Um, so I think that like, sort of like spending the time to sort of think about what it is that you really want from your life, um, can be, is just like one of the most important things that, that you need to do. Um, but yeah. And, and as far as the kids things thing goes, um, it's true, you know, and I've gone through this myself. Um, that, you know, like, it's so weird because like nobody, like everybody talks about delaying kids for a really, mm-hmm. really long time. And then you enter your late thirties and suddenly so many people in your life are like having miscarriages and like having trouble conceiving. And 
you know, the data does show that, that we have kind of limited time to have children in this kind of like, you know, without having to worry too much about it, right? And so if, if that is something that you really want, it's worth thinking about that like long-term because so many things need to work out for you to be able to have kids at any given moment, right? Like, you know, you, your health needs to be, like you need to be, you need to be like, um, like both you and your partner need to be able to have kids. Like, and you don't know that, you don't know what problems are gonna arise until you try, right? And so like, that's one whole thing. Um, and then, and then like, you need to like be at the right place, like financially in your career. Like there are a lot of things that go into that. Um, and so like, I actually was really inspired by uh, this gay couple that I spoke to in, in the in the chapter that I had about kids, because when you're when you're in a gay relationship and you want to have kids, it's like a very long process to do that, right? You need to think about like having a surrogate or um, or adopting, um, and and those are actually very long processes, right? Like it takes a long time to like you have to find lawyers, you have to like have the money to be able to pay for for all of the different uh, things that you're you're thinking about. So this couple, like when they got together in their twenties, they like both knew that they wanted to have kids and they started planning for it like immediately, like financially, they started putting aside money and they, they, they came up with like a, a, a plan. And I think that that was actually like a lot better than like what I was doing, which is, I was just like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have kids someday. Right. And like, <laughs> it'll work out. Um, you think it's going to be so easy, right? If you're like in a heterosexual relationship, um, you just think, oh, like when you, when you want to have kids, you'll just try and then you'll see what happens. And then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll take it from there. I think kind of taking that approach that they had, uh, of just kind of, um, you know, like be really intentional about it and planning ahead will really pay off once you're, you know, once you're like, you know, in the zone of like having kids. And that might mean, that if you want to prioritize your career and, and you and your partner are like, you know, both like happy with the idea of having um, children later, you might want to consider egg freezing, right? Because that mm -hmm. might be the right decision for you. Um, and, and if you're, if your employer doesn't cover that, like you might want to think about saving up to, to, to do that. Right. So there, there are all these kind of long-term things that you need to think about that I know that I wasn't really thinking about. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it just seems so like everyone is talking about IVF, egg freezing, just things that I just wasn't really aware of, but now seem so common. So like every time Jordan and I talk, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have fertility issues just because it seems so common. Uh, we really want to have a, a fertility expert on the podcast. Cause I think that's just top of mind for women in their twenties right now, just thinking like planning for their future. Like I don't want to have kids anytime soon. I know a lot of my friends don't, but like will we be able to, you know, so I think right. it's just top of mind for a lot of us right now. It's really, it's really complicated because when you need to start working towards having a family, you're just like, not think you're not like ready for it, like emotionally at that point. So you have to be sort of planning ahead for something that, that you're like, not really, you know, even necessarily that excited about, right? Like that's when, that's when you need to be thinking about it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very, that's a tough one for sure. Yeah. And the financial aspect, I can't even imagine. I just got a puppy, which is like a nice test run for having a kid. But when I think about the finances of having a child, like, oh my gosh, insane. Oh my gosh. Like paying <laughs> for daycare is like insane. Um, yeah. You may not even be able to get into the daycare that you want or, or any daycare at all. And then you have to get a nanny. Otherwise you're going to have to quit your job. I mean, it's just like, 
there are more like, profound structural issues here that have to do with like you know this country and like yeah kind of, um you know what kind of policies we need for working moms but that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation oh my gosh yeah we've had an episode before too about like relationship timelines and I feel like in the episode, we were kind of like, just do whatever you want. But I think what you said to bring in like the be intentional, like really do think about what you want. And like, if you don't want to get married, then don't get married. It's fine. Um, so just kind of making your own timeline, I think is really the the idea here. Totally. And, um, and, and I think I I'm going to go back to this thing that I said before about how, like, there's like other, like other people's lives and people just love giving advice. Right. And like their advice is like coming from their very unique and, and very limited perspective. And you might not want what they want. Right. So you need to really spend a lot of time thinking about what it is that you want for yourself. And, you know, there are many people who, who just, um, are like, you know, who don't want to have kids for instance. Right. Like that is, that is totally like, for, for so, for so long, people felt so much pressure to have children. And we live in this amazing time when we don't have to have kids if we don't want to. Um, so that is definitely an option that you should embrace. If that's you, you just need to know that that, that's what you want to do. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and, and also when it comes to marriage, right, like you might want to have like an untraditional marriage. I know lots of people who like I have friends who like just never, who never even got married, right? Like they're just in long-term relationships with people. And there are other friends of mine who were never that committed to the idea of, um, you know, of like just the traditional marriage and like just kind of, you know, ended up in like lots of different long-term relationships and they're really happy, right? Like there is not one one single way to be happy in life there. And actually we should embrace the fact that we live at a time when there's so many ways we can be happy and we're not confined by, you know, one particular path, the way that our you know grandmothers were. So we should embrace that. It's just like, we need to sort of figure out what, what our path is going to be. Um, and it doesn't even have to be set in stone. We just need to have like a sense of like what the direction is going to be because then we can start like planning towards that. Right. Um, just, just thinking about it can, can, is, is all I'm asking. Right. It's like, like just spending some time to be intentional and think about it can go a long way to like helping to create this life that you want. I love that. There's not just one way to be happy. Totally. That's the quote. That's the <laughs> quote. <laughs> um, okay. We did want to kind of circle back to, so in the introduction of your book, you kind of mentioned just about how the decisions you make in your twenties can completely like change the trajectory of your life. And we wanted to know like, what is something that you did in your twenties that you feel like completely changed your life? Okay. Yeah. I, what I'll say is that, okay. So I did this crazy thing, which is, as I told you before, which is that I went off and I got this PhD, um, in classical Indian love poetry, which is just like who in the world would like <laughs> encourage you to go <laughs> get something that, you know, get a, a, an advanced degree. That's that specific and crazy. Um, but you know, I was, I had, great. I have great parents who really just encouraged me to go do what would make me happy. And even if it sounded a little bit nuts, they were like, yeah, you know, go, go do that. And, and just, you know, be flexible. Like if that doesn't work out, like see if you can, you know, do something else. Right. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that. You know, I think that like a lot of the voices that I was hearing in society would have told me like, no, don't, don't like get an advanced degree. That's not going to get you anywhere. Right. Um, 
because and, and like you're not going to make any money you know in in that field like why would you even try you know like there are a lot of people who who are who sort of like would have told me that that's like a, a bad path in life and actually like my 20s were amazing because I was doing the thing that I was really, really passionate about. So I, I moved to Berkeley, California, and I studied with like the foremost expert in, in this field of classical Indian love poetry. And every summer in my, you know, in my twenties, I went traveling because that's what you do when you get a PhD, right? So I was like backpacking through India. I was backpacking through Indonesia. Um, I spent a lot of time in Europe, um, just like, you know, as part of my PhD, um, you know, I had the time and flexibility and it was part of my research actually to do all of those things. And I loved every moment of it. And there's like not, there's never, I don't think going to be another time in my life when I can just like pick up and like move to India for three months and like, you know, live in like a little tiny fishing village and like just meet random people and like just go to the market by myself every day. Like I'm never going to have an opportunity to do that. Right. And so what I would say is that and that has totally changed my life. Like I, you know, now that I'm in my, um, my thirties and I can't travel as much, um, you know, and if I do, I have to take kids with me or I have to find a way to like have somebody look after my kids. It's like a whole thing. Right. Now that I can't do that anymore, I don't really resent my life because I, I did so much stuff in my twenties that I wanted to do. Right. And and, and, and in the end, like the, the career path that I took this, you know, getting my PhD um, ended up like being a really good preparation for what I do now, which is being a journalist, right? I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of writing, which is what I was doing in my PhD program. Um, and I'm doing a lot of research, which is what I was doing, you know, in my PhD program uh, on slightly different topics, but like it was, it was preparing for this. So, so all of that ended up being like really valuable for me in my life. And a lot of people I think would have told me not to do that. Um, I was just really lucky that the, the people who were closest to me, like my partner um, and my parents were like all very encouraging. So I think the message that I would give to people is like, your twenties are this amazing, rich, like um, time, right? And like, you have this opportunity to go out there and pursue the things that other people might tell you are mistakes, but you know that they're not, right? So you should go do all of that. Um, the only caveat, um, which, I, and I, which I've said, which I've sort of hit back over and over again, is that while you're doing all of that, just spend a lot of time thinking about what you're learning in, in, in all of that. So that when the time comes, when you have to make a really crucial decision about your career or your relationship or whatever it is, um, that you're like, you have the data and the, the knowledge that you need to, to make the, those decisions. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on everything for the cool girls only podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at cool girls only podcast. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter at coolgirlnews.com. All of our information is linked in the show notes. We would also love to hear any topics you're interested in or any guests that you think would be a good fit for the show. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time, cool girls. Cool girls.